It's time for the Team Bear Sports Podcast. of the Team Bear Sports Podcast, the only sports podcast that covers Chicago sports and actual bear news. And you know what? We've we've lived through it so many times, coming out of a week losing to the Packers. I, I don't even know how to how to start this this it, uh, it podcast. Just, it, it's so expected, but it still hurts. Like I know that I think we all were we wouldn't be surprised if the bears won. Like we kind of were like, they had a chance with the way the defense was looking and offense, I would say slightly trending upward. Green but, Bay was so banged up too. And they were, yeah, green Bay was banged up. So we kind of had some sort of hope. And I think we were all realistic saying, you know, expecting the Packers to win. We had them to win in the, in our uh, picks at the beginning of the season. But, you know, and after that first drive, uh, I thought everything was trending up, but then snap back to reality. Just fucking Lucy pulled mouth. the football from us again. <laughs> damn, damn yeah. Lucy. And he owns us and he does this and he's that. And it just, God, it just, yeah, that, I had to get out of the house after it. It's oh, almost like, it's almost like insanity. You know, where it's just like, hey, maybe it'll happen again. And it's like, no, it's not. And then maybe it'll happen again. No, it's not. Like, we just keep. I mean, it, 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 the Packers I'm going to watch them. I'm going to watch the Bears play the Packers in December like an idiot, you know, because I'm going to be like, you know what? Maybe the Bears are on a three game winning streak and this is the game. And that's how it always is. Like, the, the Bears will come off a game where they look really good right before Packers week or like, I don't know, there'll be. Uh, after a buy or just, it's always after like we have some sort of high hopes and expectations and then we play the Packers full strength Packers or banged up Packers. And then we just go back to questioning everything saying that what's going on with our coach, with our coordinator, with our defense. So I, I know in our uh, show notes, we wrote down some positives and negatives. So there are a lot more negatives than positives. So let's get the positives out of the way, I guess. Um, the defensive line kept playing at a, a decent level. I, I, I'm going to fight back on that a little bit. They did have some sacks. Well, well they, they got some pressure Ed, on Aaron Rodgers. Ed, the edge rushers look good. Yeah. Yeah. Interior, they they would stop the run and then, boom, give up like a 20-yard run. So I think I, – but, yeah, continue. I, I, I Yeah, I'm a little frustrated with them. Well, I was just going to say that – our our big guys Mac and Quinn were both getting pressure and that's first quarter sack sack and you're just like oh maybe yeah Hicks did have a sack a big a big sack yeah seven zero maybe we got a Mac sack we got a Quinn sack we were th- I was thinking wow well, maybe these guys can get another one and we are in business I know I was just kind of like anticipating a strip sack fumble or some something along those lines getting too hyped up. And Kevin, then, did you smoke like a pack of cigarettes? Your voice just sounds. So Aaron Rodgers did it to him. That's, uh, yeah. 
it could be that, or it could be that uh, volleyball practices have started. So I've been uh, on the whistle, screaming and hollering. So there you go. But um, I'm gonna say it's from Aaron Rodgers and just. I mean, the Bears will make you pick up smoking. Pick up, pick up a lot of stuff. That's for yeah. that's for sure. So the defensive line had had some quality moments, I'd say, and then later on, like you mentioned, it seemed like Aaron Jones just picking up 15 yards a clip. Every time he touched the ball, um, the the very first thing that happened in the game is our opening drive was phenomenal. I don't know. Yeah, what. they've been good. They've been good with opening drives. Yeah, we year. stopped Green Bay their first drive, and then we go and do seven points because they started with the ball, right? Green Bay. Yeah, and, and Grant, that punt returner. I don't know if that guy's just crazy or he has the biggest balls in the world. I te- as I texted you guys, he's got one speed, and that's go. <laughs> Yeah, he fair catches it inside the. I mean, he doesn't fair catch it inside the five yard. I'm like, this guy's gonna get decapitated. But he got it out to the thirty. I'm like, okay, okay, get that juice going. When it works, great. But when it when it doesn't, and oh, it's it's, hell in a handbasket. Yeah, we (laughs) we're gonna be like, what a stupid idiot. (laughs) What a moron. (laughs) All right, so I have a question. What uh, what happened on that first offensive drive that was so different? Then. I mean, they've been, they've been solid with first drives this year, um, but they ran the ball. Um, they allowed, I think, Fields to make those timely throws. He, you know, he threw it to Robinson with that, what, like 20-yard catch right yep. at the seam? Mooney, right, got, a ca- Mooney got a big catch. Yeah. Uh, Khalil Herbert had some, you know, eight, nine-yard runs. Dude, the guy falls forward. Yeah. I, it just, it was, it was... Going, going, going. I mean, Cole Komet, was that Cole Komet's like 20-yard catch in that uh, on that drive, or was that on a previous or later I can't, drive? I, I can't remember. I, I think he, he did have a catch on that drive. I don't know if it was the, the yeah. longer one, but yeah. he so, was Yeah, so I involved. mean, everyone's getting involved. Everyone's getting involved. I think even, you know, um, the third, uh, I keep, uh, Goodwin got, you know, got a nice little eight-yarder. Like, it just was boom, boom, boom. Like, Game script, 50, first 15 yards or 15 plays, uh, you know, they were feeling themselves. And I I don't know. Uh, I mean, just, that uh, throw, the wheel stopped after it. The throw to Robinson, that was a big time throw. And I right? believe in I, between two guys with the sideline right there, you know, put it in a spot where the defender can't get it. Well, you got to throw. Those are the th- only throws you can get to Robinson. I mean, I know we're probably talking about him in the negatives, but. The guy is just not open, and you know, and you can't really expect these this rookie to get it to him. And I know everyone's saying, "Well, Fields needs to understand what NFL open is versus college open," and I get that. But but, but also with the defense, like I'm not gonna let Aaron Robinson or I'm sorry, Allen Robinson uh, beat me, right? I'll let Mooney beat me. I'm not letting Robinson beat me. Yeah. And I believe on that first drive, if I'm not mistaken, was that where we took a shot to Goodwin down the field and the pass interference got called? Was that on the first drive as well? Because I like I like seeing that, like going deep and drawing some PI from the opposing cornerbacks or safety, whoever it was called on. I can't remember what was on that. That sounds familiar. Or was that in the fourth quarter? Because the I, fourth quarter, they were going the same way. But yeah, uh, use, use your speed, guys. Yeah, use your speed, guys. And then even though the the pass, it was a decent pass and it probably could have been caught if there wasn't any pass interference, but being able to draw that was great to see. And I'm, I think it was the first quarter just because I remember it led up to the uh, Herbert touchdown now that I'm thinking of it. Um, 
Yeah, I really so, don't want to watch the game film. Yeah, game. I'm trying not to watch <laughs> any replays, but... Um, and we mentioned it earlier, too, the, the last thing that we have down is our positives before we had to scroll down page after page for the negatives, um, is the emergence of Khalil Herbert as a possible Tariq Cohen replacement, because who knows where, if that guy's even alive. And getting Cole Komet involved, now that we can see that he's a competent what, pass catcher. Why did I turn on like our fantasy team thing, and uh, one of the available players uh, trending is Tariq Cohen? Why is yeah. that? <laughs> I, he was definitely not. He was uh, what in his Wait, track are you suit? serious? Was he? Yes. Yes. If you look at if you look at the running backs, he he's like one of the top ones. And I'm like, I don't know if they know something I don't because I have not heard this guy. Even if he were to come back, he's nowhere near game shape. Yeah, I'm, we're all pretty locked into what the like the latest news on injuries and whatnot for the Bears is, and there uh, there's no shot that. Tariq Cohen is coming back anytime soon, or at least being productive fantasy-wise. So I, I don't know what sleeper app I mean, was thinking. Herbert, I, I did not see – I mean, Williams was out. I, we know Monty's out. Did they even bring in Ryan Null at all? Yes, on the on, they brought in Ryan Null on like a second or third in goal. We ended up scoring. Kyle like, Herbert played over 90% of the plays. That's That's a lot. That's a lot for a running back. That's yeah. great. That's great. But the the why even bring in Ryan Null on the field because you know the ball is not going to him, and it was, I mean, unless it was for like pass protect. I can't. I think it was on the scoring uh, scoring play in the fourth quarter they brought him in. But like, just keep the kid out there. Get Ryan Null. We, me and Tim, and I'm pretty sure Jackson all have the same feelings about Ryan Null. Get that guy off the field. Put, sure, he's a nice guy. I'm sure, he's a great guy. I'm sure. Well, hey, unfortunately. This game they had to because they 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 knew it and they played yeah. they played a rookie over ninety percent of the snaps. I mean, it, it would be interesting to see if they did have Damian Williams, like what he could have done. Like I think they definitely could have used. I, I think the one thing that hurt Null, I'm, I'm not Null. I'm sorry, uh, Herbert was he did have that bad drop on that screen that he was wide open on. You know, Williams probably catches that ball and it's a big game, like. And we've talked about this many times. Like, you just can't give the Packers the ball back. or Like, you just can't give them drives. Um, I mean, that's the one knock on Herbert is he had a really bad drop at a crucial time period in the game. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'll am i take that with the, with the third string running back coming in. Like, exactly. And he's playing like, ninety over 90% of the time. The pros yeah. way outweigh the cons of his game. And, like, I, yes. I'm just – it just always seems that – I was I was not expecting him to get it over 100 yards. No, it, but it, it always just seems like to me that there's always like the backup running back always comes in and makes a great performance, and that eventually leads to the starting running back losing their job. Like uh, Jeremy Langford, uh, Ryan Howard, not Ryan Howard. Uh, um, oh, what's his name? Jordan Howard. Jordan, Jordan Howard. Howard like, yeah. Uh, Marion Barber. There's always like the backup always like either by injury or like performance always is like in the conversation of like, oh, we should start this guy. Not that Montgomery has proven that he shouldn't start because he's didn't, been doing great, but something about the backup running backs that we have always tend to show out and it leads to, oh, maybe we should be uh, playing this guy more. So, Yeah, I, I would say that a positive of the game was, and I know we'll talk about the zebras and the refs or whatever the hell you want to call them, but after that second quarter debacle with the timeout and stuff, and I know we'll get into that, but – that was like, you know, there was a lot of bullshit in the first half, especially when we were on offense. 
So I thought it was a positive to get that touchdown to Mooney after that big call back, that phantom hold on uh, Mustafer for um, Khalil Herbert. And the third quarter, fourth quarter, that t- that touchdown that was called back to, and, and this wasn't, you know, the only referee blunder of the game. So for everyone to come back on the 20 yard line or the first and 20 and then still score that touchdown, I thought was some pr- good poise from yeah, a team that's, that, that's uh, yeah, good poise from a team that could, could be, yeah. you know, given up at that point because of the refs. Yeah, they definitely that's, fought where the Bears team, that's a Bears team where they crumble and like, you know, you, you have the bad penalty and, you know, you kind of waste a, a minute and a half the rest of that drive in, in, in the fourth quarter. You know, if they would have scored there. You know, you still would have had time. Hypothetically, you know, instead of going down by 10 points, you know, you still have another you know minute and a half, two minutes on the clock. You know, you, who knows what could have happened, but there's a lot of ifs. Um, but you know, it, like Tim said, like you showed me something, like you were still able to score a touchdown on that drive and make it a one score game. Yeah. So, um, I think that I, ends it for the positives. I mean, I, I don't know I, if you got I anything think, else. Yeah. I think we're just, we all understand, we all knew this going in, like they're a 500 team at best, even though I get that there's 17 games now, but you know what I mean? They are a eight and nine, nine and eight type of team. They're going to beat the bad teams and they're going to lose to the, the quality teams or they'll, or there might be a game where they upset a good team and then they lose to a bad team that they're supposed to beat. So mm-hmm. all in the greens, you can go back, you can go back to our, uh, our rankings or our, um, picks. I'm sure we had them around there. So we have, we are, we predicted four in a row. We are on a hot start. Yeah, we are on a very hot start. We have, we've gotten four in a row. We are one, two, three, four. We are five and one with our picks. Man, we we know our bears. That's for damn sure. All right. Well, we've got a laundry list of negatives from this game, so I'll I'll just have Tim. Why don't you pick one of the myriad of things that we could uh, choose to talk about? What do you think is the most glaring negative out of the game we we just watched on Sunday? I. It's hard uh, because you're you're disappointed the defense at the end of that at the end of that game, but it's got to be on the offense, man. Uh, you can't you're not going to beat this team with in 14 points. You're just not going to. I mean, what what do we have or what's this thing that's been tweeted about and everyone's been talking about? I mean, how many games has Nagy? Did did you mention it last week, Kev? How yeah, many games was... he's under 20 points or 20 it's... or fewer? It's in the 20s, I believe. I think it's like 28 now. It's kind of just unacceptable at this point, and especially at home against the Packers with a depleted secondary. I get it. You're gonna. You're Jackson saying Allen Robinson's is the number one target of the opposing defense, but that doesn't fly for me. You, you don't even have Jair Alexander and all this like Allen Robinson. Where are you at? Like, we need you to be there for the kid. I know he was wide open on that one play, but what's going on with the fucking offense? Like I, I, we should know this. The a new offensive coordinator is not going to do anything. I get that. It's a rookie, but well, I think, it all, I think it just goes back to what we said, like in our, when we first started doing these shows is that we have overvaluated our talent. We're not good. Like our our skill oh, position, I our, our skill that. position players, like 
I love Darnell Mooney, but he's probably a three or four on a really good team. I right? understand that, and I'm just saying, man, well, even there's a bunch I mean, are, of even our good receivers can't get off the ball. Like they are off the defender. They they just can't. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there's <laughs> like, the, even bad teams has in the hold. NFL. Even bad teams in the NFL are scoring 20 points. I mean, there was a 23 to 20 game with that stupid game in London. I just don't get it. And it doesn't look like our coordinator, our head coach, are able to scheme open receivers the way that other football teams are able to. I know, I know that we have – I would say that we have decent, not great – not good, but like decent skill position players. And if you have a, a really competent coordinator, head coach, you should be able to scheme them open more often than not. Do you know what's a play I would love to see? How about we play action pass, bootleg with fields, and have a tight end or a slot receiver run a drag where they can just make that easy throw and get them on the run for like, I don't know, eight, nine yards? That's that's too easy. I, I don't I don't know why you'd put that in the playbook. Have I seen that? Have you seen that entire this year? I just don't know why we don't see anything like that. I don't know. that or, or or if you really want to get creative, you then have you run a drag, right, and then you run a a receiver to run like a quick slant to kind of create a diversion. Now, obviously, the Bears would kind of screw it up and unfortunately create a pick play because we're not that smart, but, you know, to get the defenders off balance so you can create a one-on-one matchup with, like, a, a linebacker, I, you know, I I think they try to out-cute themselves, and you can't out-cute the Green Bay Packers, even though they're, they're not the best defense, but you can't give up possessions to them, right? You can't, they're going to score touchdowns, you can't settle with field goals, and you can't fall behind more than two scores because you don't have the firepower to do it, to come back. I just would like, it just seems like you look at red zone and you look at fantasy, and I know that's not a barometer of any sort of Chicago Bear success, but not only just the points, but why is it every game, every game, there's never just like an easy you know, Derrick Henry, 73-yard touchdown, or, like, Jamar Chase with this new kid, like, a 60-yard touchdown. Like, why don't we ever just have, like, a home run? Like, you know, even to just feel good about it. Like, yeah, you feel good about that first drive, but it's claw and tooth and nail. We never get this home run hit ever, ever in Nagy's system. I can't honestly think of, like, expecting a home run ball. I know that there's that one play against the Buccaneers where we beat Tampa Bay like 52 to 10 or whatever it was. But I can't remember like thinking that a home run play could happen at any point since we had Jay Cutler. That's And that was there. still pulling teeth. Yeah, but like at least like you knew that he like the ball could be thrown deep and there you could end up with a touchdown where I'm not with this system and with especially having Mitch last few years, it's just not, it's just not going to happen. And, and uh, sorry, but uh, the way that we're scheming our offense and we're like developing plays, we're not, we're not playing into 
field strengths. We're letting him no. hold the ball for too long. We're uh, running these plays that take too long to develop. And what did we say is his, one of his worst uh, attributes? He holds the ball for too long. Well, and so, he got he got he got killed on that this week. Oh, he absolutely. Held the ball way too long. And I don't know what they're telling him to like. Hey, you know, is he looking at his reads way too much? Okay. Does he not understand what NFL Open and college Open is? Maybe. But I, I, and here's the thing, if you get him on the move and then if you have a wide receiver on the move with him going the same way, throw the fucking ball, you know, get it out. Or if he's not open, launch it into the 30th row and out of the end zone. But you still get like in the NFL, you still get these like slant plays that someone could just take to the house. Like I have what never seen is... the bear. I have not seen the bears run a quick slant all year. Just, but I just thought what I'm trying to say is I like, okay. Can, if we just, uh, what we're 13 point underdogs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, Kev, fine. Let me get my ass kicked by 20 points. But like in the first quarter, let's just like two plays touchdown. Like, you know, I just, let me see just something like that. Make it easy just once. Why do we have speedsters on our team? All, <laughs> and, and there's nobody that can just go. We don't get any yards after the catch. It's not a thing. I don't think that exists. It's like every every offensive drive we have, if we score, like we got guys coming off in like arms and slings, like they're coming back from war because it was so such a but grind I'm, to get to the I'm end But I'm okay zone. with a long drive. Oh, I'm absolutely like you want to take time off the clock and things like that. Yeah, like, especially the, against the, good teams or like the, you know your defense is going to be out we're, there. Oh, all we're, day. I 100% agree. I'm just saying, uh, why is it just like, and it's definitely the fantasy culture. It's definitely the, but we just have nobody that I feel like could just take it to the house. The, like the, the threat, the big play threat is zero. You don't have the yeah. Tariq, you don't have the Tariq Hill who can be like he can catch a five yard pass and take it for 45. That's all I'm saying, and. It happens on bad teams all Sunday, all Monday. There's uh, there's just a no-name guy who gets a 60-yard touchdown. You're like, what? It, it, it never with the Bears. And I'm not saying this year never, not last year never. Just like Kev said, we haven't seen that since, like, 2014. And it's just like, I'm tired of it. Just think of, like, all those, like, you have all these players that, you know, are either, like, good or, like, average, but they could – they could run so fast and they could let up for a touchdown. Like Henry Ruggs from the Raiders plays on a bad team, but yeah. he can he can rip off a 75-yard touchdown and like either get your team back in the game or at least like stretch the field for you. So I, but I, I, I think that the problem is there's a difference between the speedsters and just people who are fast and know how to use like their ability. Like I just don't want a speedster. Like I want the professional football wide receiver who can learn how to separate, get the ball, be physical with a like cornerback because like the bears have had speedsters. They've had the fastest people in the league, but they can't get off the cornerback or a safety. They're not physical enough. Like I'm sorry, or, Taylor or Gabriel, Taylor Gabriel is the fastest guy in the NFL, right? At, when he was picked and when as free agent, but he couldn't get off anybody. Is that really worth it to be like, hey, we got the fastest guy, but guess what? You put an average cornerback on him, he's not going to catch the ball. I also, think he I also think, had a guy throwing to him who couldn't throw over 20 yards. <laughs> I, I, I get that, but it's also his responsibility to 
get off a cornerback if you are going to be paid like a number two wide receiver. Right. And, and like they've also put in bad wide receivers for years who they just put on speed. Josh Bellamy. Oh, he's really fast. He'll break away. Can't break off a cornerback. So like the problem is like you get these speedsters in today, but they're also just physical and they also have just good hands. Like Tyree kill can learn how to separate, not just by speed, but being, you know, use his body, catch the ball. He also doesn't drop the ball. This guy loves Tyree kill. <laughs> I mean, he's good. Terrible. He's mean, but the guy's a cheetah. He really yeah, is. But to, I guess to kind of play devil's advocate, we have Allen Robinson who is a big physical receiver and he but can't he, get open either. Yeah, he's not he's not the speedster. And the problem is you gotta you gotta give him the jump ball, but and, and I mean, let's not, rewind not this saying. podcast five, six episodes ago and we were all like, Man, you gotta pay him. Do, do you feel that way right now? No. I don't think he's do you, I don't do you think he's the I have a, do you, do you I have almost a agree with Ryan Pace stringing him along? Because he's not producing. Why do I wanna pay that guy? If he was, like, open on whatever, a higher percentage of his plays, and we're like, wow, we're just not getting them, I would say, yeah, he still warrants it. But like, like an Odell Beckham in the, at the Browns or whatever? Yeah, we were like, Odell, he's all, Odell's he, even had some big games this year. Or, even, or just anyone who's like, you're like, man, they're open. I wish you would have hit him or, like, whatever it is. Like, he's he's there, but we're just not getting the ball. I'm not seeing, like, separation He's gotten the, he's gotten bullied out of a couple jump balls again, which I know is what we talked about last year when he was playing. That he was. I didn't see him have a up. jump ball this year. It was like one or two that were like well, close. Well, he uh, and like I think he's had more yards with a pass interference call. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, he's had a couple of those. I mean, I, he does he does look good on the sideline, right? Making those extend the arms. You know, get your feet in, hold the ball, right? He's done that three or four times this year, but that can't be your only play. I mean, maybe this plays out well for the the Bears and we get him back on a team-friendlier contract. But yeah, so I, you, you sabotage his... Uh, <laughs> no, he's he's out. He's if, gone. He, if he's not getting the money from us, he's out. I, what... And you're not going to – you don't have the draft capital to get another guy. And it stinks that we're talking about potentially having to get a receiver when we shouldn't have to. I really don't want to draft a wide receiver. They're, they're, they're such a boomer bust. Especially in the first round. like uh, Well, we don't of, have a first round. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, especially if we had a first-round pick. Oh, like, yeah. Get it. Usually you want to get your receivers in the second, third round because that's the the, the – dip off is so minute that it's not worth spending that early draft capital on the skill positions unless it's like you know a jamar chase or someone of you know extreme caliber i mean even chase is putting up numbers that no one have seen before from a rookie in a long time just give us some offense that scores more than 14 points and scores more than i, I, mean, I think just just look comp i think one of the biggest frustrations i have had is the amount of penalties they've had in the red zone that are just like self-sabotage. Not even the red zone, but like they did it last week. Um, You come out of a timeout and then you have a delay a game. It's like, what the hell were you doing? What were you talking about for a minute? Or I don't know how many times they've been in the red zone and they've had a false start. The Week one, they got down to the two-yard line, false start, kill the momentum, next play, interception. You know, it, 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 
this isn't peewee football where everyone can't go on the two hut. You know, it's like, hey, it's on two. It's on two. We can go on every other count, but we can't go on two for some reason. We just we can't be we can't be third to last in the league in scoring and expect any changes. You you can't be you can't go from a second and two to a second and seven because then they're going to pass the ball. It's going to be incomplete, and they're going to be a third and seven, and then the defense knows what you're going to do. You don't want to see a offensive rankings and see 32 ranked multiple times. I like what we're 32 ranked points scored, 32 ranked. Uh, uh, passing, 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 and it's just like, okay, you could maybe have one of those is 32, but I, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. Even the sacks, even the amount of sacks allowed they've given up is terrifying. Yeah, I, I was really happy to hear Justin Fields at the end of the game really pissed off, uh, and kind of really not answering questions or getting pissed off at some stupid ass questions in the post game. Um, I was mad at him at certain times just because, yeah, like you said, holding the ball, but then you get a better angle of what the play was and see that, you know, that one where we need to just get a field goal and there's 15 yard routes by four different guys. And you're just like, okay, I, I guess we're supposed to have him just figure that out. Huh? I mean, he probably does need a better control of like the urgency of like, okay, you can't have a delay a game after a after a timeout like justin that is on you or like i think one thing is he is looking too much to find that wide receiver instead of just if no one's open and you have a, an opportunity to get six seven yards go get those yards right because your offensive lineman can only hold for so long before you get sacked it's like okay just go get out of bounds yeah, for someone who holds the ball a lot when he's making dropbacks, he doesn't really run that often that I would think he would. No. And if it is, it's designed, and then he gets crushed. Yeah, so it's like it's not the – if you're holding the ball for too long, but then you end up taking off and running and getting, you know, five, six, seven yards or more or whatever, not only is that a net gain for the Bears' offense, but it's going to keep linebackers honest. It's going to free up other stuff for your receivers and tight ends. So I don't know if, like, Nagy or Laser or whoever is saying, hey, like, don't look to run at first instinct. Like, look for the pass. It'll be open. Trust me. Like, we're going we're gonna to plan this out. Like, someone will be open. And then shit never works. And then he's holding the ball, not running, gets sacked, or is pressured and throws tries to throw the ball out of the end zone. And he doesn't throw it out of the end zone. It gets picked off. The one thing that also has scared me, man, he fumbles a lot. <laughs> he has fumbled what past four weeks. Not he good. recovers it and he recovers he's, it. He he's recovers. getting killed though. Like, what do you want him to do? But like, this is the thing. He reaches for that ball, and I'm just afraid someone's gonna step right on his hand. Yeah, or a collarbone, or who knows Something. what. Yeah, it's like, dude, catch the ball. Hold on to the ball. Don't keep hold the snap. All right. Well. I know the offense sputtered. Fields was definitely. Uh, we could talk it. about this all day. We could, but let's let's move on to the to the defense because the defense weren't. You know, they were a guilty party as well. They weren't perfect. Uh, so, what did you see, Tim, from from the defense in this game? Can't give up. Uh, if you thought that we were going to lose this game by multiple scores, like we did, 
you would have said, oh, it's because Aaron Rodgers put up over 300 yards and Devontae Adams gashed us. That that didn't happen. We got, what, 170-plus yards rushing against us, like Jackson said. Sure, you're stuffing, a, you're stuffing up first down, but then when second down goes for 25 yards, it really doesn't matter. You, I don't know what the hell was going on with the rush game, but our our defensive backs are terrible. Absolutely terrible. They played so bad against the Packers, and oh, I don't know what to do. They were absolutely manhandled. Um, I think, well, we talked about this. If we were going to win, we were going to need a big play from the defense, not just, you know, timely sacks, because, you know, sacks do happen throughout no the game. No takeaways. No takeaways again. And, you know, you, you, you I, I get that Rodgers is probably the most accurate quarterback in the league and probably one of the smartest, too. Like, he just, he doesn't turn over the ball. Okay, you need to find out a way to scheme differently to trick him for once for one second to get the ball. Or if you are, you know, stopping the run, find a way to strip the ball, put a helmet on the ball, because if you don't get a short field with Green Bay, they're going to dice you apart. And that's what happened. And I think with the secondary, you know, Johns, I know Johnson had that kind of bullshit pass interference call. Um, but he got torched by Adams on a couple plays. Eddie Jackson decided to make a business decision again. Who was the guy that, um, that Adams or not Adams Jones just completely embarrassed the, the cornerback who just, he just literally just tossed him to the side when he and just walked into the end zone. Was that, um, God, was, that was, it, was that Vildor? No, it wasn't Vildor. They was were Gibson? throwing out. They was were it Gibson. Yeah, they were yeah, throwing Gibson out. Gibson just got embarrassed. They were throwing out that other dude too. That like backup. Oh, Dylan, AJ, Dylan, yeah. He, yeah, and he had a he had a couple nice plays. And no, nice no, uh, our corner. Um, they were throwing, and he was the one who got that that pass interference push off call that was actually not even push off from the Packers. I don't. I, I just was surprised that we're gonna throw in a backup corner, you know, like third, four string guy against Aaron Rodgers, and I just in I, the red zone of all places too. Yeah, dude, he played like a bunch of plays. Uh, what was his name? It was Xavier Crawford. Guy was getting absolutely torched all game. Like Lazard o- had a big game, surprisingly. Ogletree had a bad game. Was getting blocked. Uh, I just, yeah. They didn't get the big stop when they needed. Gibson it, was not good. Vildor, Gibson you know, got him, Gibson got embarrassed. He got thrown down to the ground by a running back. Kept the Devontae Adams to a somewhat quiet game. Uh, like, J.J. did all right. There was some plays, and especially that big one that he let go. But it just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, cheers to... Sean Desai, because with the way that that DBs, the DBs played, they should have scored way more points than they did. Yeah, it should have looked like the 2014 game. So I'm I'm happy that we have a defensive coordinator that can take a weakness like our, our defensive backfield right now and scheme it so that it's not as much of an issue as it is. But, you know, it's it's the Packers the, are going to he's going to figure out I, what the weakness is. The one thing um, I noticed. There weren't, like, in, in the past weeks, there's always that one or two plays 
where the D, the, the wide receiver or the tight end was like wide open downfield. I didn't see any of that this week. Um, you know, even against the Raiders, you know, the Raiders had like two big drops last week. I didn't see any big drops. They just schemed well. And like just the inability to tackle or use the sideline as a defender, like wasn't there. Like even the play, the, the two or three plays Devonte Adams had on us where, you know, where he got those big yardage, those were quick slants. You know, they didn't pass over uh, the safety to come up and help or was it or, or, or the nickel to like replace the cornerback. If you're going to trade them off the nickel, the safety has to come up and make that play. That didn't happen. And Devonte Adams was like, Oh, thanks. And then you put in Eddie Jackson's lack of tackling. Like, yeah, he's going to get down to the five yard line. <laughs> like, And he's lucky that. Adams... I don't know if you guys saw the. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Know, if you, I don't know if you guys saw the um, press conference or heard about the press conference. If you remember, I can't remember if it was against the, I think it was against the lions. The first game that laser took over after the Cleveland game. Do you remember when Nagy said like, Oh, like everything runs through me, yada, yada. Even though like it was laser calling the place to kind of take credit for the offense playing better than they did the week before. Do you guys remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you know what he said this week during the press conference? Oh, I don't want to know. Hands off. Now, he, he said they were asking like, what could they done better? Blah, blah, blah. Like the offense sputtering, like he only scored 14 points. Some guy brought up again, like the 28 games with four, uh, 21 or less points. And his response was, which I love, yeah, you know, pulling that out. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Just no, re- no regard for Nagy's, uh, Nagy's life there. But he responds with, yeah, you know, that's a problem. But then he, then he throws the defense under the bus saying, well, you know, the defense has got to step up in big situations and Ooh. we need to be, we need to, uh, I believe the, that's the quote was, the quote was, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, we're, we we do not have any of the, uh, we're missing big plays. Like, uh, a, a takeaway to flip the field for uh, for us to generate time of possession, stuff like that. So he threw the defense under the bus in his press conference saying that it causes uh, the offense not to get enough time with the football in order to score points. Meanwhile, so, you got a rookie quarterback who listened to his press conference and he goes, I got to play better. I didn't play well. I didn't do this. I didn't play well. I didn't play well. Didn't go, we sucked. You know, we couldn't get open. And it seemed like that was a lot of Trubisky, like we, 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 and quarterbacks need to be I, I, I. So yeah. I like, I like, at least when it's bad, you know, like when it's good, we, 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 but when it's bad, I, you know, and he wasn't the, the sole factor, but it's, I could have played better. I could play. Why can't Nagy just say that, you know, like, yeah, the offense was terrible today, you know, in a better coach speak. Absolutely. And if I'm on the defense or um, I'm Sean Desai, I'm like, hey, what the fuck, man? Like, we've been carrying this team for four years, four years, and you're going to throw us on the bus because, you know, yes, we should have made the stop and not gone for the kept Aaron Rodgers under 200 yards almost the entire game. Yeah, we should we should be getting more takeaways, but you're still only getting 14 points like you've gotten multiple possessions. It's not you didn't you didn't score on both possessions and you only had two the entire game. You've had multiple possessions and you're doing nothing with it. I mean, they're two out the the two lot the two out of three losses they had. You know, the Browns game got away at the end, right? Because the defense was just exhausted. And even this game, like, there's a point where defenses just break because they're tired. Yeah, when you're on the field, you know, like you're on the field all day. Like, oh, like you get a, you know, you look at your 
your your notes and you get a glass of water you you scratch your ass and then you're like oh shit well i gotta get out there again yeah three and out you know it'd be nice to have the offense get two or three first downs in a row have a drive that's longer than a minute and a half (laughs) and obviously if if you do have a quick touchdown which is not gonna probably happen like they'll probably like excite the defense yeah and get them a little bit more adrenaline to go back out there but like you know, I, they've carried you. They well, you know, literally carried you. And you the know what? The year that they went 12-4, the defense played lights out. And you know what doesn't help uh, keeping the defense off the field is when you're getting uh, horrible calls from the official on your team, which we haven't. We haven't. We, I'm surprised we waited 40 minutes or so to even touch on this. Yeah, it was awful. Bad. It was awful. It's it just some bad. of the some of the worst officiating I've seen in not only in the Packers. They also, they also screwed the Packers a little bit on a few plays, but yeah, it was just a bad officiated game. Yeah, and, and it's, it wasn't not. I'm not just talking Packers Bears games. I mean, obviously, we always know that the Packers tend to seem like they always get a, a call or two or whatever. But just in general NFL sense, it was horrible officiating. It was bad. Like, if I was a Packer fan, I'd be pissed at the game, too, because there was a couple spots the Bears got. and was just like, mm, I don't know if that's a first down, but uh, I'm going to take it. <laughs> but yeah. luckily, the Bears don't know how to capitalize when they get a good call against them. Like, But you we, you know that Rodgers is going to get a call like any other superstar, whether it be in football or hockey or baseball or basketball. If you're a good athlete. You're going to get a call. And then he's going to score on you and he's going to yep. point point at you and say, I still fucking own you. And that just cut deep right into my soul. And I'm not even like that mad about it because it's not he's like he's, right. Just, he's, he's right. right. He's not just some schlub who like is not good. Like he's mediocre, but always plays well against yeah, the he's Bears. He's a first bout Hall of Famer. Yeah. So like it, yes, I still hate Aaron Rodgers and I hate the Green Bay Packers, but like, there's truth to it. So as much as it sucks I to think be every bear fan knows that. Yeah. You were 21 and five. You're 18 and three out of the last 21 or something like that. Like I remember when Rogers was first started, like the bears had his number, but man, once he figured out how to play quarterback, yeah, he, he's kind of beating us. And if you even look at the series history the past three decades, you know, the Bears had a pretty good sizable lead in this rivalry until Favre and Rodgers came. And it's just been, you know, um, I think Rodgers made the comment like this has become Ohio State, Michigan, where it's become so lopsided and he's not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. The the only thing that was missing from after this game was a, uh, a headline saying that, oh, Virginia's pissed. Yeah, like, that's the only thing that this was missing. The Caskies aren't pleased. Yeah, so it's you oh, know. Oh no, Virgie's pissed. Yeah, you know the I own you. If that doesn't spark up your team, I don't know what will. It's either gonna spark up the team or it's just gonna be like it. The it's gonna just be the the spark that turns the locker room along the with Maggie. Is we get one more game against them, and then if all goes well. He leaves, and like that's just our lasting, you know. That's he the needs. Last here's the thing: he needs to go to the NFC North or AFC North, so we don't face him for another four years, right? 
Oh, yeah, but you just, like, you almost wish that he eventually got old and we were able to kick his ass, but it's just... Nope. Like we did with I, I, I much would rather, I much would rather just him leave. Yep, he's he's going out on top, at least in a, a Bears-Packers God, rivalry what's his, sense. What's his record at Soldier Field? I think he's got a better record at, against the Bears at Soldier Field than he does at Lambeau. Definitely got a higher win percentage, just... Unbelievable. <laughs> without even, even looking Brett, it up. Even... Even Brett Favre, I mean, they own us as Soldier. They might as well pay property tax at this point. Maybe, maybe it's a it's a new field we need. We just need to get out of there and then yeah, get the Arlington re- Heights. Reset the rivalry. I mean, I thought it was kind of funny, a little bit. Like I still own you because like I've heard, you know, I saw a poll somewhere where they. What how, what people in Green Bay thought about Aaron Rodgers, and it was like fifty fifty, right? Like where people loved him, or they thought like, yeah, he's not looking out for the team, blah blah blah. I would be okay if he left. And I'm thinking to myself, are you insane? You're fifty fifty <laughs> on this. Like I would kill for like an ounce of Aaron Rodgers' talent. Like, nah, that guy sucks. That just shows that they're that they've been spoiled the past. Oh. 35 30 years. years so that they're like, oh, yeah, we, we'll just get the next Pro Bowl quarterback, future Hall of Fame quarterback in next season. So it doesn't really matter. They need to go through like so uh, arrogant. They need so to go arrogant. Through, they need to go through a, a dip in their performance before they're like, it, I think it also just kind of shows and I'll give some respect a little bit that no one is bigger than the organization. Right. Like no matter how good you are. Like, and I think that's what Packer fans see it as. Like, you're not bigger than the Packers organization as a whole. Like, the legacy of the Green Bay Packers will continue after you leave, which I I kind of respect that a little bit. But just to be 50-50 on Aaron Rodgers, who's probably considered your top two, if not one, greatest player of all time. Imagine, if, like, 49ers fans being like, yeah, Jerry Rice, take him or leave him. I mean, they kind of had the same thing about Steve Young. They're like, ah, I like Joe Montana. And I'm like, I get that. But the Steve Young guy is going to be a Hall of Famer, too. <laughs> you know, that's, just, that's what happens when your team is so good for so long. You just are like, oh, yeah, we'll be good. But we don't we don't need him. We're just a good team. Just arrogance. And like, here's my other thing with the Packers. They're fans. I swear to God. Whereas if Fields is good, if Fields ends up being good, like decent good, like we'll be crying by the time. Wait, if he's oh, he'll saying, get a he'll get a statue next to Abraham Lincoln. Oh, I'm just saying, but he will. If this was going on with him, we'd be like, please, no. Like, what do you need? Like, what do you want? <laughs> right. They're gonna change the capital from Springfield to Springfields. Yeah, exactly. Go. They will. They will do that. Put that on a T-shirt. Like my thing with Packer fans. Is that you know I get that you're you only have two Super Bowls with two of the greatest quarterbacks ever and yeah I'd be frustrated too and there's a lot of missed opportunity but God the, the league kisses your ass every year like every year there's a million commercials about the Green Bay Packers or how many times do I have to hear about their fans own the like the organization and. It's like the polar opposite of how the NFL sees the Cowboys of like America's team, like this the most the, popular the team. The Packers NFL just had this whole hum, like, oh, we're just a small town team. Don't worry about us, don't you know? But we do have the most NFL titles out of anybody. It's just like, 
We get it. You're always good. You're always consistently good, but fuck you. I agree. Fuck the Packers. All right, what's this? What is this Eddie Jackson failed Briggs tweet? I, I don't know what that is. I must have missed that during the week. Someone needs to explain this On the post game, Briggs pretty much has been going after Eddie Jackson, just like all of us have been going after him because he can't tackle and he, and he has the missed tackles. And then, you know, these – that Devonte Adams and all that, those big, huge runs, he's the last guy. So if he doesn't make that tackle, it's over. Well, I guess Eddie Jackson's been hearing him and wasn't happy. So he decided to tweet an old PFF stat from like of Lance's Lance Briggs having like a comparable missed tackle stat percentage percentage of his own like where it was like 12 percent you know uh, missed tackles one year or whatever and it just like it just doesn't equate because it just you know like it just to me it's how many different times was Lance Briggs expected to make a tackle and did it you know you're you, I would much rather miss 10 tackles out of a you know out of 100 than you know uh five out of <laughs> seven uh, yeah if if you if you want to get just completely exiled by Bears fans, it's disrespect a Bears linebacking great. If you want to piss off the fan base, just try and like compete and argue and talk shit with a guy. He deleted that, he deleted the tweet too, but it what? just was like, but it was just like the damage was has been done. It shows it shows a lot of things because it's one thing it just shows it shows that everyone in the media is getting to him and if, oh absolutely if it's getting to you you know that you're playing like shit well and it's like and I've mentioned this before I'm not a NFL player I never I didn't really play tackle football growing up or anything but like just watching him tackle like just as a a former person who's played sports and done physical activity he does not look like he is in any uh prime position to make tackling plays he always comes in high throws in his shoulder or he just gets completely steamrolled or avoids the play in general so i don't he has no room to talk tackling with lance briggs yeah like i thought that was a weird stat like he missed briggs missed the most tackles between 2011 and 2014 okay yeah, that's he's in the decline of his career playing. A, he was giving up the, on that 14 year. Yeah, I, I don't blame him. The entire team did. But like, it's just also not a good stat because you're an out. They they played a traditional 4-3 and Briggs's responsible responsibility in the 4-3 was to be more the run stopper. So he's exposed to more running plays where he has to make a tackle. Eddie Jackson can't miss a tackle because it's a touchdown. That's the difference. Right. Briggs can miss a tackle because he's got the cavalry behind him. Right. He has other safeties, cornerbacks and a linebacker who can get there. And kind of when you were stepped out, Jackson, I said there is more times that a linebacker is going to be. Yeah, I heard you. I heard yeah, you. expected yeah. to make a tackle. So to have percentages of missed is and kind there of were almost years. There were years where. He had more tackles in Urlacher. Yeah. I, he absolutely was insane on his side of the field. So well, I boys, just, I, I will say this. Do you know whose jersey I'm going to rock this week? It's Lance, Lance Briggs. Briggs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rock the Lance Briggs jersey this week. Love it. 
right? You got like, There were play. I mean, Lance Briggs is a borderline Hall of Famer, right? No, you're not going to get any argument with anyone on this podcast. He's, you know, he's probably going to get in when he's an old man. Um, I mean, he's he's got the stats to say he is. I think the problem is in today's NFL, if you're an outside linebacker, you expect more sacks, and he just he that was not his role. Um, if they would have won that Super Bowl in 06, or if they got back to another one, I think he's in automatically. He's in. Um, but you play a traditional outside linebacker role that which doesn't require you to blitz, and you don't have those certain numbers that a lot of Hall of Famers like, you're not going to get the nod. I mean, there were pl- it was funny when I saw this argument on Twitter yesterday, how quickly the old Bear players like Thomas Jones, Peanut Tillman, Owen Krutz started sharing videos of Briggs taking over games. It's he's Eddie Jackson is like part of that group where like that and Eddie made a good tackle earlier in the game too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Made like a really he, good tackle. He's he's made good plays. Like he's capable of making tackles. But I think Eddie Jackson is just like part of that age group where like the Erlacher and Briggs era just seems so long ago to him. Like either those like old farts. Like oh, we don't really know you. He's probably thinking like oh yeah, Luke Keekley or like someone of that age group or I don't know that uh, time frame is like who he thinks of as like great linebackers when he doesn't even put Briggs in, in the, his mind um, I don't know he's an idiot he's just dumb we, we know that so I'm not too worried about it I, I cursed Steady Jackson so I, I take full responsibility I said yes that you did I did yeah and I go did. back to go back to number 39 asshole that's all that's Forget yeah, number this, four. I hate the single digits. I, I, I've said this a million over. times. It looks so bad in the NFL. It looks so dumb. This is in college. Oh, well, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We got to go down to Tampa. And 430 for, game. Great. We go, we go from Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady and that high-powered offense. And they're, Great they're defense, off. too. Great run defense. They're, all of their DBs and safeties are all banged up, so we will, we'll probably see some more passing plays. Who knows if it'll be schemed up or what's going to come from this, but uh, I'm pretty sure we all had this as a loss for the Bears coming in uh, this week. So Yeah, this was, this was my game to pick. I had him as a loss. It seems like it's just going to be something that we're going to have to really and finally see what this laser uh, play calling is about because nobody can run on the Bucks. Absolutely nobody can run the Bucks. They've given up like what, like 50, 60 yards? Yeah, I know the, the when they kid's going to have to throw the ball. When they played week one against the Cowboys, I think like Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard got like maybe 20 touches on the ball, if that, and it was all, all pass plays. Eagles so. were still able to get 20 plus points on them. Uh, and they lost. I, I just, it just, kids gonna have to throw the ball whether we want him to or not. It's gonna have, it's gonna be a thirty plus, thirty five plus passing uh, attempt game, unfortunately. So we either are gonna look really stupid or we're gonna see some 
plays down to Darnell Mooney or something, and that's it. Like that, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We're thirteen point dogs. And I, I wouldn't be surprised. I know that we held there. That's Aaron a Rogers. lot. That's, that's even a, a lot for college. That's a lot. And I know that we held Aaron Rodgers just on like pedestrian numbers for his standards, but I would not be surprised if Tom Brady just comes out and completely torches us because one, he's Tom Brady, he's got great weapons, and two, uh, he remembers last la- he remembers last year, the fourth down, uh, what down was it? I can't remember. Losing to Nick Foles, he's gonna want some revenge. His pettiness will show up. And I wouldn't be surprised if he throws for like 400 yards and five touchdowns. But just look at Tom Brady, and it's that's it's that home run play we're talking about again. Again, it's Tom Brady. I get it, but man, I mean, one of those receivers is due is is absolutely going to have a fifty yard touchdown on Sunday. These there always is one. Yeah, pick your poison, Evans, Brown, um, I can't think of Godwin. I don't know if Gronk will be back. I think he's still hurt, but it could be anyone. Yeah, I, I, it's gonna be rough. Um, because I, I, I'm glad you guys brought that up. Like, Tom Petty, or I'm sorry, Tom Brady. Tom, Tom Petty. Yeah, he's playing, I, I, he's playing quarterback now. Oh, that that'd be, I, that'd be great. We'll have a dead guy out there, but <laughs> I think that uh, the Bears would still find a way to lose to Tom Petty. Um, I, I think Brady's just sociopathic tendencies of how he has revenge is kind of crazy, but you know, he's going to, if he has the opportunity to run it up on the bears and that's, you know, the bears were five and one last year when they beat Tampa on that Thursday night game and they just completely imploded. And that was the game that sparked Tampa to like kick it into gear. Tom Brady's going to try If he has an opportunity to win by 20 to 25 points, he's going to try to do it. What do you think? So the the Detroit Lions are playing in L.A. What do you think the spread is on that game? I'm gonna say ten. I'm, I'm gonna say ten, nine or ten. It's four, fourteen and a half. The Bears twelve and a half. So I just twelve and a half, thirteen points. That's just embarrassing. You know what? Like Jackson said, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a a, a run up situation and it's a twenty one point victory for Tampa Bay. I mean, talk about a game where you need not just you you almost need the, the planets to align in this game, right? You need you need fields to throw the ball quickly, not fumble the ball, and have possibly two touchdown passes. Herbert to have a touchdown. You know Matt, he's he'll need to win, he'll need three touchdown passes. In, yeah. in two in two time, right? They got a two time. They are probably gonna need a decent punt or kick return at some How many touchdown passes does he even have? Two? I he's think got two, two, yeah. yeah I think he's got he, he's going to need three to win the game. Oh, boy. And you got to have <laughs> and you got to have Matt Nagy going off against Bruce Arians, which just is even and, more lost. And Bruce Arians has a grudge against the Bears, too. Yeah, I mean, don't even uh, bring it up. We won't go words. there. We won't go there. Oh. Um but you're you're going to probably need a big punt return or kick return at some point in the game to flip the field, right? If they can get a punt return back inside of Tampa's own side of the 50, I think that's that's a good start. Shoring up the field, they're probably going to need two turnovers. With getting one is pulling teeth, and they're 
like not just not just like a turnover, like when they just strip sack and they land on it, but like actually get a return on one, right? Where you either take it to the house or you're down within like the two yard line. And guess what will happen? They'll get a false start and be put in like first first and goal in the seven and not score. But <laughs> they they're going to need as many short fields as possible. There's a lot there, of ifs. There's a lot there, of ifs. There's a, a boatload of ifs. Well, did you know that there was actually some uh, happiness and celebration in the city of Chicago during this past week? Yes, there was. Bo- both basketball-related, one much minor than the other. The Bulls finished the preseason 4-0, and their season starts tomorrow against the Pistons. But more importantly, the Chicago Sky won their first Brought it home. WAA championship sealed the deal against the Phoenix Mercury. So, and they were underdogs in know, that series, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they were the sixth seed, and they were the Mercury were the five seed. So, it's just great to see that basketball is trending upwards because no, nothing's better than having a good, solid basketball team to watch in Chicago. Because when the Bulls were good and they were in the playoffs, that was just this electric TV to watch. So I'm hoping that the Bulls, and now that the Sky won and their season's over, unfortunately, that it just revamps that basketball city of Chicago that uh, we used to have. Been a season yeah. ticket holder since I was a sophomore in high school, 2006. Go Sky. <laughs> so the Sky, I saw um, they play at Wintrust, Field, or Wintrust Arena. Yeah. That, I think that's the perfect arena for them. I think That place gets rocking. Like like a, a good sized college arena is a perfect right in the middle of downtown. I've only been there once because that's where my grad school graduation was at. Um, but like it was packed on Sunday. I saw the photos of it in the videos. I like the crowd was they knew it was up. There was not no one was standing that entire game or no one was sitting that entire game. Like good for them. But also I good for Candace Parker. You have to put her in the conversation as one of the best Illinois-grown basketball talents ever. I remember middle school hearing about Candace Parker and be like, yo, this girl is going to dominate. Then she goes to Tennessee, wins a couple national titles there, has won four gold medals. You know, you have to put in the argument as one of the best Illinois-born basketball players ever. Absolutely. I actually got to see uh, Candace Parker practicing at Naperville Central where she played because we had a basketball tournament when we were in middle school and my dad was pointing her out. He goes, Hey, do you know who that is? And I say, I have no idea who that is. That's some girl shooting free throws. He goes, that's Candace Parker. She's going to the university of Tennessee. She's going to be, she's like the number one recruit in all of the U S and, and like, that's oh, when Tennessee was Tennessee. Yeah. Before UConn yeah. took over. And I was like thinking to myself like, Oh, okay, cool. Like I didn't know anything about uh, women's basketball at the time to see now. And, like, I knew of her, like, once she was at Tennessee and then when she went to the Sparks, I believe. Yep. How, yep. She was there for how, a long time. How crazy it is that, like, she was within, like, I could have thrown something and hit her how close I was. And knowing that she's, pro- she's probably one of the most famous people I've been close to, uh, which is pretty cool. The pretty cool uh, story, I guess, that I have. I we're, actually, we're best friends, actually. We hang out all the time. We call each other. Yeah. Yeah. We play one-on-one. I think it's cool how she came back home to win a title. Absolutely. And uh, the sky's colors. I'm digging the sky blue and yellow. I think that's a pretty cool color combo. With the gray, too. Yeah. yeah. 
because did they have like a really good player like five or six years ago the the blonde yeah uh, ella della don something like that yeah and they got rid of her or yep. something yeah well yeah. the city's embraced them which is great to see Absolutely. i know like i know people like to shit on the wnba which is awful but like one they're better athletes than anybody who listens to this podcast or you know follows us like they deserve any credit they get and anytime Chicago wins a championship, this city will fucking party and love you forever. Oh, absolutely. And then and not only that, but then next season, you're going to get so many more fans into it. And then, you know, it can grow from there. So that's, you know, the WNBA has done a good job of growing their product. Absolutely. And then yeah. I know and specifically for Candace Parker, she's always on, uh, not always, but sometimes she'll like sub in on um, – NBA countdown with Charles Barkley and uh, Shaq. So she'll sometimes she'll be in there. So her face is seen nationally. So not that she already isn't nationally known, but that just expands expands her uh, exposure. Guys, so, how are we feeling about the Bulls this year? I'm excited. They I've seen I watched three of their preseason games and they look much different, much more fast paced, higher scoring. Just better flow to the game than I've seen the last couple of years with De- uh, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, uh, Vucevic, Lonzo Ball, I think is our biggest addition because we have an actual true point guard. I, they're I, they're going to make the playoffs. Fuck defense, I, just score, baby. That's the NBA, you know, until you get to the playoffs. This is, this is Billy Donovan. This is Billy Donovan's dream right now. And the, the fact that I think they'll make the playoffs in like a mid mid to like four to six seed. But the amount of highlights that are going to come from this team with alley-oops from Lonzo Ball to Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan or whoever it is, I'm looking forward to it. And Alex Caruso, the uh, guy we got from the Lakers. He's a good guy off the bench, man. He's a great guy off the bench. He's not he's not afraid to tell superstars what to do because he's been with LeBron and all those guys in L.A. for a, for a while. So he can definitely run run the show when our uh, our stars are either on the, on the court or they're off the court. So I'm looking forward to a bull season. Playoffs in Chicago are coming back, baby. What do you think the what do you think the the odds are to where do you think the Bulls are and the odds to win it all? Cuz I have it up right now. Oh man, it's probably not good. Are Just cuz like, like one in one in something is that what you're looking for? Like a one in a hundred chance is that kind of the answer? You're no, like I, I'm looking at the actual odds, so I can tell you actually what ranked they are in it, to to win out it of, all. So the like the, net, the Nets are the for are number one, Lakers two, Warriors three. I'm gonna so say this is 12. updated today at seven a.m. I'm gonna say twelve. Very. I'm gonna close. say I'm gonna say fifteen. That is exactly correct. <laughs> fifteen. Right. They have below, the they have below the, the Warriors, the Warriors at, three. Yeah, below uh, Portland and above the Knicks. Well, the oh, that's right. Clay Thompson comes yeah, back. Yeah, Bucks year, four, uh, Suns five. Is Thompson back this year? He's uh, yeah. the, I'm watching the Warriors play now. He's on the bench, but he'll be back this season. Um, I think they'll they'll. He's basically they'll, missed two years. Yeah, that's that's been crazy. I think the Bulls will finish higher than that projection in terms of 
ranking. I mean, I can't even remember the last time they won a playoff. There's a lot of there's a lot of good teams. Like I'm trying to see the ones in front of us. Well, the East the East has also gotten better too. Like I could see us being. I don't. Are are we better than Portland with Lillard? I mean, I don't know. The Celtics. I don't think we're better than them. The Hawks. I don't think we're better than them. The Mavericks. I don't think we're better than them. Uh, so who are, but, but I'm looking at like East teams, right? Cause you gotta, I, all you these teams first. in front of us, I don't think we're better than them. So I, 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 well, like, I guess with what we have on paper, what, what could happen is all these guys end up meshing and it plays well. So you never know. I'm, I'm going to predict a five seed for them in the playoffs this year. It's my, my early prediction. So who do you have ahead of them? Celtics? I have the. Uh, Nets, Sixers. Nets, Bucks, Sixers, uh, Heat. Heat, and then I th- I think that the the Bulls are going to be better than the Celtics. Hawks. Hawks no, I think that they'll be. I think the Hawks regress this year, but yeah, the Hawks do us. When I spent time in Georgia for that month, like it was the fluky. Hawks. Are, they are they're hit or miss with their fans, man. Like they're not afraid to rip them. Yeah, I, that's I, when you think of it. When you think of it, and you're looking at the odds to win, yeah, there's a lot of West teams at that top. So it's good to see the league has like a lot of quality quality teams. You know, where it's not obviously there are their favorites to win, but every night there's going to be probably at least one or two good matchups where it's not just like you're waiting for the the four good teams to play each other, and that's just been trash in between. So you're not waiting for Christmas Christmas Day. Exactly. I mean, I think. Also, like last year was the best thing for the NBA. I know the NBA probably the organizations probably hated it having Milwaukee and Phoenix play each other, but from like a, a, a casual fan's perspective or like a diehard fan, is like you're not seeing the same teams over and over and over again, right? It's not the Lakers. I mean, if it's Lakers Celtics, that's gonna get everyone to perk up a little bit, no matter who you are. But it's not like the Warriors. It's not like a LeBron-led team. Even the Spurs for a, while, a long time were always in the finals. Like these were two teams that hadn't been in the finals before. One hasn't won it since Nixon was in office. Like it was good for the NBA, and it was actually a good series. I know it didn't go seven, but like it was still a very entertaining series. Absolutely, just entertaining basketball is always good to watch. So. We'll look forward to the uh, the Bulls season and then next season's Sky season as they are retaining uh, champions. So, Jack, you went to a new bar this week, I see. I did. I did. This was not in D.C., though. It was not what? in D.C. This was in Silver Springs. So those who don't know, Silver Springs is right at the, the edge of D.C. and Maryland. Um, we had a couple friends in town from Chicago visiting. Shout out to Lenny and Cheryl. Um, they were in town for uh, a wedding. Me and my girlfriend were able to meet up with them for lunch at the Bears for the Bears game. I'll tell you what. I'm going to only give this place three stars, but there's still a lot of potential. Um, you mean three capital three, buildings? Three capital buildings. Three capital buildings. Good place. I had probably one of the best Reuben sandwiches ever. It, I mean, it was like bacon. That the pastrami was that good. Um, Three stars However, for, for the best Reuben ever of all time, huh? Here's the thing. Not a lot of TVs. 
the audio wasn't connected to football. Um, there's, I felt horrible for the one staffer who was working. Um, it was very awkward too, because the only people at the bar for like the longest time were us, the bear fans, a Viking, fa- a Viking family, like six of them that were right there and a bunch of random Packer fans. It's like all of us were like looking at each other, like the fuck are you doing here? Um, there was a gospel concert going upstairs, <laughs> which they were really good. However, you couldn't hear anything the entire time. Like you couldn't like you're trying to make an order. You're like, yes, I'll have this beer. And the guy is like, I, I can't hear you. There's this gospel band going up stairs. But I went to fire station. Uh, it is built like a like a firehouse. I feel like I would leave if I couldn't if I had to be listening to gospel music. It wasn't like the gospel like you would you're thinking of. It was more like a bluesy type music. Like like you could dance to it type of thing. I I'm not trying to hear that lot of music during football. I'm I'm good. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. There was not there's not a lot of sports bars. We were pressed for time and it was right by the parking station that was free on Sundays. You may do. You may do. You may do. You may do. And so three capitals for fire station. It's not a bad place to grab food. Like everyone was nice there, but like, yeah, the audio was a, was an issue. Come for the Ruben leave for the gospel music. That Ruben was fantastic. Yes. Great Ruben. All right. Excellent. We'll look forward to your next DC or uh, DC area bar review. So let's move on to our pick of the week. Uh, I know my, my pick with the, John Grudenless Raiders getting uh, beating the Denver Broncos did not hit last week. Uh, how did you guys do? I actually I had the Browns because I thought the Cardinals were beat up, um, but then I found out uh, before game time that one of my old coworkers was going to the game, and she's a huge Browns fan, and she was also for a honeymoon went to the one Ohio State game that they lost this year. You said so, that last week, right? Y- yeah, so I bet big on the Cardinals as soon as I saw she was at the Browns game because I'm like, oh, there's no way the Browns are going to win when she's on the stadium. Man, that, well, that was a good bet. <laughs> I can't yeah. remember who I, I can't remember who I chose, to be honest with you. No, I mean, but, but but my but my <laughs> but my podcast pick lost. Yes. Gotcha. Well, let's see. If After you... that Texas Oklahoma game, I can't. Remember. You were you were you were in a haze. You couldn't. You were just still dazed after that. All right. Well, you picked you picked the Ravens over the Chargers. Oh, oh that's right. That's right. That's right. You did. That was a I good did. pick. Yeah. That that won. You were the only one who won last week. So I did not think kudos that score to you. would be that score, though. I will say. Yeah, that. I thought I'd been much closer. All right, Jack, since you, uh, you're you're the only uh, pick that hit last week, why don't you go first? All right. A uh, lot of interesting matchups this week. However, there has been one set of games the past couple of years these two teams have played that have always been entertaining, and that is Chiefs-Titans. It is in Nashville. Um, right now, the Chiefs are favored as a five-and-a-half. However, the way Tennessee played yesterday... And I'm still, I think there's something off with the Chiefs. I, you know, I was watching the Washington and Kansas City game. It, you know, it took a while for Kansas City to get going. Listen, you ride Derrick Henry. 
that guy is just a Hulk, man, bear, pig, beast. I'm going Tennessee to win. I think they cover. I think they win outright. I think right now they are just hot. Also, shout out to A.J. Brown for saving my ass last night. You got me nine points in the second half to win my fantasy game. A.J. Brown, thank you. Um, I'm going Tennessee to win. There you go. Titans over the Chiefs. Is it in uh, Kansas City? It's in Nashville. Oh. There you go. They did good against the Bills. They look so very see. Fun fact, that, there were seven lead lead changes in that game that is tied for most in Monday Night Football history. I did not know that. That is very, uh, very interesting. Um, and I'm sure Bills fans just love playing in Nashville because obviously you have the Music City Miracle and the forward pass lateral game winner. So not a lot of good memories for Bills fans in, uh, in Nashville. All right, Tim, who do you got for your pick this week? I'm going to bet on uh, Sunday night football. I don't think that the 49ers are up to snuff right now, especially because I saw what's-his-face live. I don't know if Garoppolo's playing. I don't know. I would assume it's Trey Lance. I don't think he has it yet. Uh, I'm going to go with the Colts. The Colts, they're giving the Colts the underdogs. Yes, they're away but uh four and a half points i don't see trey lance covering that so what a boring sunday night football matchup yes absolutely yes even like the colts were the colts even that good last year like they weren't a playoff team no they just they just shit house the texans but i mean obviously that's the texans i'm not this is not me indicative of the uh this is not me being indicative of the colts i just think that the niners aren't good enough to be uh, you know, laying you know five points. Like I'm looking at the matchups right now for the, for the NFL, which could have been Sunday Night Football. The Chiefs Titans could have been could have been one. Hell, even the Bears Tampa could have been Sunday Night Football. Nothing is, and I think Sunday Night Football has become way better than Monday Night Football over the past 15 years. Nothing is sexy about Indianapolis and San Francisco. In this matchup, well, and, and just think the last three Sunday it night might have been at the beginning of the season, you know, but I don't know. Well, the the last three Sunday night football matchups have been Bucks Patriots, then you have Steelers and Seattle. Seahawks and Bills. Which actually, Chiefs. ended up being a decent game. Like all, of those, yeah. all three of those matchups are way better, like TV than Niners Colts. Plus, they're all playoff teams. Yeah. <laughs> None of these teams were playoff teams last year. I haven't bet on Sunday Night Football this this year, so I'm going to do it this week. There we go. So you're taking who? Colts. You're taking Indy. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to stick with the uh, the basketball flavor we had uh, going there for a bit. And I'm going to take the Bulls to win and cover their points against the Detroit Pistons tomorrow, Wednesday. Um yeah over the Detroit Pistons. So I think that the Bulls, I'm high on the Bulls. It might just be I'm gassed up because it's the beginning of the season. But the Detroit Pistons don't have their uh, number two pick, Kate Cunningham. He will be unavailable. So I think that that's going to be a blow to them. And I just think the Bulls are really good, man. I think they're going to win by at least, obviously, five. 
think it could be a double-digit win for them. High scoring, I presume. I'm thinking the Bulls score over 100, 110. So Bulls to win tomorrow, Wednesday, over the Pistons. That's my pick. Do you, do you locking, think, it, locking it in right now, Kev. Do uh, you think – Do you think uh, – who's the Bulls draft pick from Illinois? Do you think he, he plays at all? He'll be a low – like – Ninth, tenth, eleventh man off the bench. Damn. Unless there's unless there's point guard uh, injuries, but I mean, he's good. He he definitely can work his way into being like a off the bench, like first or second option off the bench. But um, because he's a guard, we have Caruso who will be our first option. Then Kobe White, he'll be probably before him. So he just kind of forgot about kind, Kobe White. Yeah. Just he just kind of uh, low man on the totem pole guard wise for the Bulls. So. All right, I think it's time for our power rankings. So what, what do we have for power rankings Wait, this week? Wait, Tim, did, did you have anything for a second? I got a little bit of a bear alert news. In Canada, there's some crazy shit going on in neighborhoods. Uh, Friday at the beginning of the month, Christine Dubois and her family were just driving around the neighborhood and they saw a black bear kill a deer right in front of them and just drag it across the road. It's pretty gross and awesome at the same time. We will, and I will go ahead and tweet it on the Team Bear Bear Sports Podcast Twitter, Uh, but you should definitely see this because you get to see a little bit of the kids' reaction to this bear, uh, who they wanted to see, and this bear decided to just not just kill this thing, but just drag it across the road. You definitely so. see its guts just like on the the pavement. <laughs> like, so, and the, and the uh, fact that go ahead, the, go fact, ahead. the fact that it was a black bear, the more docile of bears doing this, that just shows that there's no limit to the ag- aggression that a, a bear can show, even if they're one of the more, you know, quieter, more reserved bears. They can still throw down when they need to. There, there had to be some sort of like team gorilla family nearby that he had to like just walk by and show, hey, are you still team gorilla? You yeah, sure about this, this? This might change your mind. You think I'm I, bad? You should see the rest of my cousins. <laughs> I didn't even use my claws on this thing. That was all teeth. Yeah, I mean, these bears, you got to watch out for them. Just because you think they're nice and cute and cuddly in their neighborhood, they're going to show you, hey, you, I might be eating your garbage, but I could still fuck you up. That just reminds me of the Simpsons episode where they pay for uh, bear, bear <laughs> patrol or whatever it is, bear protection agency. And the bear was only there for one day. <laughs> you might that that town might need to uh, you know put that in their city planning. They need to get some bear patrol. Jose like Altuve tying it up. Looks like it's a bad day for the Impson family. <laughs> they destroyed the mailbox. <laughs> Oh, God, I love bears. All right, power ranking. So I love this one. This so is the, great. This so is the, our best one. So the power rankings that we came up with, uh, this was in lieu of Aaron Rodgers saying, I still I still own you to us Bears fans, just trash talking it up. We decided to power rank our three favorite trash talk lines that you can say to opposing players, fans, officials, whoever. So just top three favorite trash-talking lines or trash-talking things. Uh, who wants to go first? Anyone? 
I'll start it off. Um, so when I think of another team's fan base and they're, you know, really ticking me off, I think and I look at them and I, if they're a very, you know, dirty person, I assume they have a bunch of dirty dishes in the sink. So I tend to mention that. <laughs> All right. Inspired by Jackson's comment. <laughs> I I actually I actually need to do the dishes tomorrow. So oh, those, if only I had some Lions players to do it here for some me. Some Lions but, dishes. Oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, but no, for real. Um, I will say that I, I it's it it's not even a good insult. But man, I love yelling in people's ears. You can't do that when there's a when there's a penalty that is not even their fault. That is good. Followed by the claps, obviously. Though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a very good college high school chant. Oh yeah. All right, I, I'm gonna go next because I'm just been I've been waiting to say say this since we thought of the the power ranking. You know, it's it's not the most flashy. It's it doesn't even have to be used in sporting events. And I know um, us and all of our friends we throw this down to each other. It could be used in sports, daily life. Nothing nothing cuts deep or just like makes you feel a certain way than just a you're bad. You're bad. <laughs> You're bad, though, or you can replace bad with you're trash. Just something that short and simple. I didn't have it number two or number one just because I don't think it's that, that the tip of the iceberg. It's not the cream of the crop, but I just love a good you're bad. You're bad. Well, Tennessee fans take trash to a whole new level, but uh, oh, yeah. that is a good one. That is a very good one. Classic. Classic. Classic and simple. Absolutely. Just like spaghetti and meatballs. You're bad. Can't beat it can't beat it um mine is it's not really like a, a taunting thing but it's a like a moment to like kind of like show dominance or like show you like who's boss like i love the big hit and kind of like the look down from someone like just like a reminder like i'm i'm here i'm better than you and i'm gonna knock you on your butt every single time like i don't even need a trash talk i'm like physically gonna take you out of this game and, like, I miss the days of, like, the Ronnie Lott, like, Mike Brown, Ed Reed, where they crack someone. And they didn't even trash talk. Because, like, you could tell the wide receiver wanted nothing to do with them afterwards. And, it, like, the best was, like, it was, like, a wide receiver who was always kind of, like, like a person who would never shut up. And you would just crack them. And, like, okay, I'm not going to go across the middle anymore. Or, like, they're going to get the yips and drop the ball. There you go. That was close to dishes. That was close. There you go. Yeah. Um, one of the things I like uh, doing, um, I like being at like a football game, you know. So if I was at, you know, the the Bears Packers game, and the Packers fans were pissing me off, I you know I would say something along the lines of, you know, Brewers suck. You know, talk about a team that has that's not even completely playing. irrelevant. Yep. Yeah, I've done that's that. not I've even playing. That. That's not even playing. So, like, I was at a Bears Patriots game, and Patriots fans like to remind you of how many championships they have, and I just said 17 seconds. You know, when the Hawks won the Stanley Cup against the Bruins, and you know they're like, "Oh fuck you, that doesn't count." I'm like, you know, you just kind of flip the table on them a little bit. 
Well, yeah, they're so used to the upper hand of being like, oh, we got all these championships, but they don't, they don't know. They don't like to admit that when they choke in a playoff game. Yeah. Well, my number two is definitely anything aimed at umpires in baseball, just because I think they're the most fun referees to make fun of. And I, I've heard this before, and I've also uh, – it was also on, like, some other lists that I've seen of, like, best trash-talking or heckling of officials – but I, I forgot where I heard this, but some guy on an opposing softball team that we were playing against, and it wasn't the team that we we play on normally, um, but someone said to the umpire, hey, ump, can I pet your seeing eye dog after the game? And I just thought that was <laughs> I thought that was so hilarious. And I've seen it other places as well. But that's always going to be something that like I want to hold that one in my back pocket if I'm ever like so pissed off at an umpire. I'm going to throw that one out there. So just making fun of blue ump, you know, I've heard the old, you know, get off your knees, you're blowing the game kind of thing. But the pet and the seeing eye dog, that's, that's number that's two. Really, our ranking. That's really good. Really pet your eye, do- seeing eye dog. That's, that's clever. Uh, my number two is the classic scoreboard, whether it's a player doing it or the fans, like, like I, I love like a player who will point to the scoreboard and remind them like, yeah, you're getting your ass kicked. You suck. Your team sucks. You're losing 27, nothing. Shut the fuck up. You're a loser. Or like when like the fans, like when they do it, like scoreboard, scoreboard, if it, like, especially if it's like a rivalry game, just to get under like a coach's mind, it works really good in like college basketball. If there's like a blowout because the stadium will just echo more. It's truthful, it's honest, and it's funny. It's always it's one of the best chance to be a part of. That's always good. Yes, yes. And there's nothing better than like beating your rival in like a complete blowout too. And then you always got some asshole on another team who like celebrates a touchdown or yeah, a, or a three pointer or whatever. Well, it, it doesn't is. matter. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so for my my last, I am going to go with, uh, you know, kind of insulting the culture of the other fans, particularly food. So you're playing Philly or something like cheese steaks, you know, is overrated. Cheese steak sucks. You know, some shit like that. Oh, so um, have you ever heard uh, deep dish pizza sucks from opposing fans? All yeah, time. some some All shit, time. some yeah, shit like no, that. They're it's wrong. Just, they're wrong. I like that. I like that. So, who are, so what's what's Tampa Bay? What would be be heckling Tampa Bay fans? Uh, yeah, that's the thing. If it's not it's not <laughs> food, you would you know say you know some shit maybe like old people you know like or go eat some bath salts or some shit. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Methamphetamine <laughs> sucks. Go yeah. to another championship. Like, <laughs> and that's the thing with it. If you're if you're going into it with that kind of heckling, like you're going in knowing okay, all I got to do is just keep getting drunk here and. Shit's just gonna, you know, that just came out of the top of my head. So shit's just gonna get either more ridiculous, and they're gonna, someone's gonna have to turn around and be like, "Wow, that's that's a good one," or two, just be like, "What the fuck is this guy saying?" I like it. I like it. I definitely the creative juices really flow it when you get a couple beers deep into a sporting event. That's for sure. Oh yeah, I say some horrible things. All right. Well, my number one is it can be used either. A pro player to pro player, or it could be used if I'm playing in a game against another team or another opposing player. It's when someone or a player tells you what you're going to do before they do it in a game. So, for example, 
if you're a quarterback and you say, hey, we're running this play, it tells the other team out loud and you still run that play and execute, that's my favorite type of trash talking. Or if I'm playing in a basketball game and I'm saying, hey, I'm going to drive to the basket and do a reverse layup and I'm telling my the person who's guarding me and I still do it, that's my favorite type of trash talking. I think Larry Bird has had a few stories about that where he told the opposing team after a timeout what they're going to run and where he's going to catch it, where he's going to shoot it from, and he does it. Love it. It's my favorite. Heck yeah, baby. Subtle into the, like, subtle and, like, honesty and, like, I'm just better than you. I mean, there's a whole... <laughs> you can't stop whole, me. There's a whole scene in uh, Major Major League where... Uh, Major League 2, I can't remember which one, where he's talking to... Um, What's his name from the the White Sox? And he's like, I'm going to throw the old Terminator right down the pipe. And he throws it and strikes him out. <laughs> Good one. My number, my up, my number one. My number one is when a player will kind of trash talk with the fans and make something so obscu- like absurd. Like my favorite insult of all. And I saw it earlier this year. Or was it last year? I can't remember. But my all-time favorite is when Shannon Sharp grabbed the phone and goes, Mr. President, call in the National Guard because we are killing the Jets right now. <laughs> like, that is the best. Like, you got to send the National Guard. You got to send everybody because we are just killing them. And then I think Tyree Kill did the exact same thing on my, another, my third Tyree Kill one. But, like, pick up the phone, like, look at the fans and, like, point to the phone like, hey, help is on the way. Like, <laughs> all in the national guard like shit like that like i, I give a pass to rogers because i thought it was a little funny like i hated it but i'm like i i would have done the same thing too if i was a pro athlete and someone flicked me off and like you gotta remind them that like who's you know like almost like who's your daddy type of thing that's like the that's his version of the scoreboard just... yeah yeah like when fan like when the i mean it's pretty much him saying scoreboard in the sense of look at the record dummy yeah, it's the reverse. It's like when the like when the players are inter- like back in the with when they can tra- talk trash back. But Shannon Sharp's calling the National Guard. That's my favorite one of all time. I think that's that's hysterical. I had a, I had an honorable mention of uh, Kevin Garnett telling uh, Carmelo Anthony that his wife tastes like Honey Nut Cheerios. That was a that just almost made my list. And that was a really funny one. I thought it was. What the? Yeah. What did he have an affair or? No, he her? just no. Carmelo Anthony's wife at the time was Lala from TRL. Oh, that's TV. right. And uh, so semi-famous, and he in the middle of a game he says, "Hey, Melo, your wife tastes like Honey Nut Cheerios." I mean, and th- that would obviously got in his head because it almost caused a, a fight during the game. But I love KG, man. He's a good trash talker. I mean. The, 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 the scene, the scene I think of is one of the first scenes in Slapshot with Paul Newman when he says that about the goalie's wife, uh, the goalie's wife, and uh, Tim. Yes, I'm not going to say the, the scene on this. <laughs> but, have you um, seen the Have you seen the movie, Tim? Have you done you, your homework? I know we told you to watch it, but that scene where he 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 distracts the goalie to get a goal, and what he says to the goalie is just great. You can you can say it. I I, I don't. <laughs> no, we have you know we have young listeners. I won't say it, but uh. Well, I, oh, I just said that your wife tastes like honey nut Cheerios, so I think you could say it's, what it's you're trying to say. Something similar like that, yeah. Gotcha. More more. He, uh, he doesn't even know. More R-rated. I, I do know. 
All right. Well, I think we should end it on your wife tastes like honey nut Cheerios. Um, that was a team bear sports podcast episode 19. I can't believe we're already at 19 episodes. Um, feel free to send an email to team bear podcast at gmail.com. If you want to ask any questions to the podcast, if you don't, you can follow this podcast on Twitter or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasting needs from. And let's just hope for a Bears victory over Tom Brady and the Bucks this week. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's happened see. before. It has happened before. Miracles can happen. Hey, why not? Why not us? <laughs> Pray with us. <laughs> Dear Jesus, help us bear down. Bear I'm wearing down. the Briggs. I'm wearing the Briggs jersey on Sunday. And we're good. Briggs jersey equals Bears victory. Team Bear out. Later, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And go Bears!